Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello everybody, welcome back. We're doing another episode here today. Today I'm going to be reacting to USA Today's NFL win-loss projections versus one that I did on my own. I did mine about a week ago and then USA Today released theirs in the meantime between then and now. So I thought, why not go mine versus theirs? I was going to put mine inside of an NFL season preview mega episode kind of deal, but this will take a little bit out of that, make it its own episode. So basically what I'm going to go through is division by division, who they had with the best record top to bottom, and then how I had them playing out. Now, I can't even honestly remember what the website was that I used for my projections, but basically just went week by week. I picked who the winners of each game was going to be and just kept going blindly until the very end, and it showed me my standings. Um, Before I even tell you any of the win-losses that I have put out, um, I am going to forewarn you that when I go full hype train, I over-exaggerate wins, and when I go full... um, anti-hype train i go full-blown terrible on teams so you might hear one team with an exaggerated record on my end or good or bad um that's why there's one in the very first division i'm going to go through so i just want to give you that precursor some of these might be extreme from me anyways that from usa today i would hope not but i think there's a couple in here that i find comical so you can laugh along with me while you're listening I'm going to start in the AFC North Division, where USA Today had the Baltimore Ravens winning with a record of 12-15. and 15. I had them at 14-3. and three. Um, I'm just thinking how good the team was last year with probably one of the worst injury-marred seasons of any NFL team, really, in history that, like, sticks out. Um, I mean, it spurts. They, they completely lost Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey on the defense before they even played preseason games. And throughout the year, they lost J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson for the final four games, I believe it was, four or six games. So having a completely healthy team for everybody except for the team's sack leader. Oh, goodness me, I didn't type it down. It's Tyus something. Hold on. I got to go to my go to my website. I just looked at it. The team's sack leader last season had a torn Achilles in the final regular season game. Tyus Bowser. There you go. That's his name. Um, Ronnie Stanley on the offensive line was another guy who was out for majority of the season last year. Um, Yeah, so I mean, getting all of that talent back fully healthy, even though obviously um, the sack leader that I just closed the window and forgot his name, so hopefully you remember. Um, Him coming back healthy is going to be a lot longer of a wait because it's a torn Achilles in the final game of the season. That's usually, you know, minimum eight to nine months recovery, so we're saying January until October more than likely before he comes back. So you're a couple weeks into the season, three, four weeks in the season before he's going to return. But everybody else will be back. Firing in all cylinders, hopefully for the Ravens' sake. I got him going 14-3, and three, USA Today 12-5. and five. Both of us got him winning the division. So I'm thinking it's going to be a great year for the Ravens. John Harbaugh, Coach of the Year, is my pick. I think the Ravens are going to be really, really good this season. Second place, we both, USA Today and myself, had the Cincinnati Bengals. The USA Today crew had them at 12-5. and five. I had them at 10-7. and seven. 
I see they lost CJ Uzoma, one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets in their playoff push last season, but they did add some quality on the offensive line with Lyle Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yes, I think you pretty much know what to expect with the Bengals now, even if it's hit or miss throughout the year. Um, Joe, Joe Shiesty, if that's how I'm saying it correctly. Um, Joe Shiesty is going to do Joe Shiesty things. Um, throw it up for Jamar Chase and hope for the best. Um, I think they're going to be about the same as last year when they made the playoffs and they might go on a surprise run again. They might not. Um, yeah, there's nothing much more with the Bengals for me. I don't think they really had any big losses or gains other than the ones I just gave you. Um, here's where USA Today, and I disagree in this division. They had the Steelers at 9-8. and eight. I had them, one of my extreme picks, at 2-15 and 15 because I have absolutely no faith in Mitch Trubisky being the starting quarterback. That might just be the fact that I watch the Bears all the time since I live in Illinois and having seen him play for them. And the fact that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback that the Steelers selected in the first round. Um, I just don't think that the Steelers have a offense that's built for passing, per se. And uh, Kenny Pickett's a guy that likes to chuck the ball every single play. And Mitch Trubisky is a guy that likes to hand the ball off or run more than throw. So the offense more leans towards Trubisky, but then when you need that passing, you're going to need Pickett. And the offense, like I said, is not really set up for a passing game. Deontay Johnson and, um, shoot, I'm just blanked again, Chase Claypool being your top two receivers. But, I mean, how many times did we see either of those guys go off on a defense throughout last year's regular season? I just don't see them. Winning nine games, I think that's an exaggeration. My 2-15 and 15 record probably is also a terrible exaggeration of how bad the season could go. I think it'll be somewhere in between, realistically, probably around the 4-6 to six win area, but I definitely don't see them having a winning record this season. And last place for USA Today, I had them ahead of Pittsburgh, but just barely the Cleveland Browns. They said 6-11, and 11, and I said 3-14. and 14. I completely assumed that Deshaun Watson is going to be out for the year. Um, I think when I read their article, they were assuming he was going to get the 12-game suspension and come back for the final five, which was the last report that I had read. But I also read in that same report that the NFL wants to make an example out of Watson as to what not to do outside of uh, NFL, you know, um, off the field. You know, 25 counts of sexual misconduct probably aren't a good look for anybody. Um, definitely not the NFL, though. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm just going to assume in my own that he's not going to be there all season. This is probably another exaggeration on my part where three wins is probably low. But I don't know what person they're going to have play quarterback. Um, if Deshaun Watson's not there and they trade away Baker Mayfield... I've seen rumors of different people that they brought in for tryouts, although I don't think I've read anywhere they've signed anybody specific. So I'm assuming they don't have anybody of name brand value playing quarterback. That's why I went 3-14, and 14, but I could see him being 6-11 and 11 as well. Anywhere in there seems realistic to me, but not much more. Next up, we had the AFC South. Um, both of us had the Indianapolis Colts winning. USA Today saying 9-8, and eight, me saying 14-3. and three. I just think Matty Ice and Yannick and Gunkway coming in, 
I don't know what there's not to like. Matty Ice obviously coming from the Atlanta Falcons, Yannick and Gonkway coming from the Raiders. Offense and defensive upgrades right there. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what there is not to like. I think this will be a year that as long as Jonathan Taylor stays healthy, you'll see how the team should have been with Carson Wentz last season at quarterback before he just kind of capitulated down the stretch, especially losing to the Jaguars in a win-or-go-home game. I think this team is going to be a lot better than last year, at least a lot more consistent. Um, I'm also banking on Matty Ice producing at quarterback and not dwindling away even further at the end of his career. But I like the Colts to win this division, unless my second-place team kicks off the Tennessee Titans, who USA Today had at 8-9, and nine, I had at 12-5. and five. I just think a fresh and revitalized Derrick Henry is going to be scary and hard to stop. So I had them with a few more wins than USA Today. Um, I could easily see them see them being better than the Colts if the Colts sputter at any point throughout the season because the Titans, whether you like them or not, are one of the more consistent teams. They're going to run the ball down your throat and keep the game close the entire way through. So I think they're going to be in a lot of games, whether they win every single one of them or not. They'll probably be somewhere in between 8 and 12 wins now that I'm looking at this. Um, but yeah, I just think a fresh, revitalized Derrick Henry is going to be a nightmare for defenses to try to stop. So I think they're going to get a little bit, little bit better than a losing record. The last two teams in the division, um, the order agreed upon one win-loss off between us two. The Jacksonville Jaguars in third at six and eleven. I had five and twelve, and the Houston Texans last at three and fourteen. I had two and fifteen. Not much more needs to be said. These two teams are who they are. The Jacksonville Jaguars could add all the talent in the world, and they're still never going to be anything crazy. I mean, they had that one ridiculous year where Blake Bortles led them to the AFC Championship game against the Patriots, and they were winning and probably should have gone to the Super Bowl, and then choked. Um. But I just don't see, unless Trevor Lawrence takes a massive leap in year two, I don't see this team improving enough to make me feel wrong. And as far as the Texans go, all they really added was Derek Stingley out of the draft. <clears throat> no one else that I could really think of name value-wise. Um, yeah, I don't see the Texans doing anything crazy either. If anything, just getting worse unless old boy Davis Mills just jacks up the performance down there in Houston. I don't see him doing anything more than three wins. I have two, obviously, but I don't see anything more than three. Next division, we got AFC East. I got number one right, though. We got 15-2. and two. Your Buffalo Bills. I am all in on Bills Mania this season, baby. Um, I think adding Von Miller... Trevarius Ward, I'm just thinking right off the top of my head, that's two um, players added on defense to an already great defense. I'm excited to see this team play. Um, I just I think they were so good last year, they're going to come out even more motivated after that crazy overtime loss to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. I think they're going to come back way better this season, and I think... Being as we both got in fifteen and two, just put your bets now that they're gonna go fifteen and two. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a really good team. Next we got well, not not we. Uh, <laughs> the New England Patriots. USA today had them at ten and seven. I don't. 
I have them at 5-12. and 12. I just don't see New England taking any sort of step forward. I might be overestimating the downfall. This might be one of my bad exaggerations, but I just don't see any improvements from last year. They either traded away or lost a lot of good talent. Um, I, I'll pull over to my other tab here really quick and read off some of the names they lost. And Keel Harry, J.C. Jackson, just right off the top that I can think of. Those are two of the key names that you heard all season for the Patriots, and they're both gone now. So unless Mac Jones takes a step forward, like I kind of said earlier with Trevor Lawrence, I don't think this team's going to get better than last year, which they're either 9 or nine and 8 or 10 and 7 last year. I don't see them getting any better than that. If anything, getting worse, unless Bill Belichick can work up a miracle. I don't see him getting any better than that. Next, we have the Miami Dolphins, who USA Today had at 9-8. and eight. I had at 13-4. and four. This is probably one of my overhyped picks. I'm just excited to see Tyreek Hill to attack a Bailoa. Um, Teron Armstead added for protection on the offensive line. Melvin Ingram as a linebacker on defense. They added Raheem Mostert and um, Chase Edmonds to the backfield. I'm really excited to see this Dolphins team play, at least on offense they should be at least able to score enough points to keep the team in the game if, even if the defense is leaky or letting things out but I mean you still got Xavier Howard you add Melvin Ingram I don't think the defense is going to be too bad they'd almost have to try <laughs> to let the games get away even last season they went nine and eight so I think adding Tyreek Hill Teron Armstead Melvin Ingram like I said Raheem Mostert Chase Edmonds all those kind of players I think you're only guaranteeing a better record Especially because, like I said before, I don't think the Patriots are getting any better. You have the division with the Jets. You know, I think they're still going to be a decent team. So, last but not least, I have, well, USA Today has the New York Jets at 5-12. and 12. I have them at 7-10. and 10. Zach Wilson is going to be whatever this team will be. If Zach Wilson takes a step forward for this team at quarterback, this team will be better than the 7-10 and 10 record. All the talent that they added in the draft, I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, one of the Ohio State receivers between Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, I want to say it's Garrett Wilson, um, Ahmad Garner, I mean, that's just the top two picks right there. Um, <laughs> this team is going to be a lot better than it was last year. It's all going to be dependent on how Zach Wilson plays. They could be a lot better, and they could be a lot worse. So that's all going to depend on Zach Wilson, which his offseason antics, if you haven't seen, might be a distraction to some, but he's kind of rolling with it. So he might be decent. We'll, we'll have to wait and find out. The Jets will be whatever Zach Wilson is, though. Take that. Take that mark my words. That's what it's going to be. Next, we're going to the AFC West. The USA Today crew had Kansas City Chiefs at first place at ten and or eleven and six. I had them at ten and seven. I'm not as high on them um, as some. Losing Tyreek Hill, I kind of wrote this in my NFL preview notes. One of the GMs in um, the ESPN poll had said that Tyreek Hill is just another receiver. <clears throat> if you'd like to look at his. 60-some yard reception in the AFC Championship game and tell me that any receiver could do that, I'll laugh at you. I will. I'll go pop some popcorn right now and listen to you tell me all kinds of stories because that's ridiculous. But um, losing Tyreek Hill and replacing him really with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, however you say it, Packers fans, I'm sorry. I don't think that's anything crazy. 
And on defense, you lose Traverius Ward, Tyron Matthew, Melvin Ingram, just to name a few. I think the Chiefs are going to be in more trouble than people realize. Patrick Mahomes can probably get them out of a good amount of situations, but I don't see him doing anything crazy. Actually, I remember in my projection, I don't have it on here, obviously, because I don't have enough time to go over all of this, but my prediction didn't even have the Chiefs making the playoffs at 10-7. and 7. You'll see why here when I get to the end of the division, but I don't even have them in the playoffs personally. So they can prove me wrong. I'm not trying to give them any sort of jinx. i just not personally too high on them. Uh, next, USA Today had the Los Angeles Chargers at 11-6. and six. I had them at 9-8. and eight. They got a lot of new talent in, but the production kind of has to match what they're doing. I mean, they brought in Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. Uh, <laughs> there's more. I'm blanking right now, and I don't want to keep scrolling through my list for my NFL season preview podcast. Um, but, yeah, Chargers brought in a lot of new talent. It's just going to be on them to match the production level and hype value whether or not they're going to take off or kind of stay middle of the pack. I'm kind of assuming the chemistry doesn't work in my pick, and they're kind of just hit or miss. Depends on who and where they're playing. So I say they're just above 500. Next on USA Today, they have the Las Vegas Raiders at 9-8. and eight. I had them 11-6, and six, which with tiebreakers had them at second in the division. Um, I'm almost wanting to say they're going to win the division, adding Devontae Adams. But losing Yannick and Gonkoy on defense, I mean, Devontae Adams will add a good element to that offense who really had Hunter Renfro as the key receiver after the Henry Ruggs incident. Um, adding Devontae Adams to that offense is going to make it fire way better. Um, just the threat of Devontae Adams on the offense is going to change the complexion of a lot of games for the Raiders. Um, new offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels from the New England Patriots, which I forgot to mention that during the New England Patriots part. I'm sorry. But um, adding that in, new offense with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr reuniting from college days. Um, yeah, I think that offense is going to be great. And they're one of those weird teams that'll get a weird win every once in a while that you do not expect them to get. And that's kind of what I did when I did my little projection simulation thing personally. Just like every once in a while, they kind of win a game that you're kind of like, oh, they probably shouldn't have won that, and they do. So I think they're a real threat. They could either blow it and be last, or they could blow it out of the water and be first. That's what I think of the Raiders this year, boomer bust big time. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. My first place team in this division, though, was the Denver Broncos, who had the Broncos at 8-9 and nine from USA Today, and I had them at 11-6. and six. I'm excited to see Let Russ Cook 2.0 in the thin air in Denver. Um, they also added Randy Gregory on the defensive side to a team that already had a solid defense. Could keep even. A, you saw Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke playing quarterback for him last year, and they were still in within two touchdowns every single game they played last season, it seemed like. <laughs> so add Russell Wilson into the offense. I think this team's going to be a lot better. Randy Gregory on defense. A lot better. So I think, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a much improved team in Denver. It's just about meshing, which seems like Russell Wilson has been all about. Patrick Sertan the second is going to have an, his sophomore campaign, obviously, um, when he was already considered one of the best cornerbacks in the league in his rookie year. Randy Gregory getting added to the defense. I mean, that defense is already stout. I don't even have that defense speaks for itself in Denver. 
I think that team's going to be first in that division regardless. I don't think anybody else. They'd have to just be pipped if they're not going to win it in my eyes. Now we're going to move to the NFC. NFC North, because we're starting local, baby. And I'm going to upset everybody. Green Bay Packers are going to win this division. And if you don't think so, you're lying to yourselves. I matched this one. Again, USA Today and myself both had them at 11-6. and six. I think the loss of Devontae Adams is more significant than people are kind of letting on to believe. Um, they just, I don't know. It, it's the Packers. You know they're going to show up. Some crazy thing is going to happen, and they're going to win games. It's just the Packers, man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on back-to-back MVP awards. One more, and he'll match Peyton Manning for most all-time. Um, there's not much more I need to say about the Packers, though. They lost two key wide receivers, obviously, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. If I'm saying that name right, I'm sorry if I'm not. But it's just the Packers, and they're in the NFC North, so like, what? who's the threat to them? You know, I just see them winning this division, being competitive in every other game at least enough to keep it close. If there's a mistake, they're going to win. That's what I just think of the Packers. In second place in USA Today's projections, the Detroit Lions at 8-9. and nine. I had them at 1-16. 8-9, and nine. are you joking? Are you joking? 8-9 and nine for the Detroit Lions. They added Aiden Hutchinson in the draft. And I'll wait for the rest. If you think Aiden Hutchinson is going to take this team from whatever it was, three wins, had to have been three wins last year, to eight and nine, Aiden Hutchinson better win Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and be in consideration for the MVP. That's all I'm saying. Next was the Minnesota Vikings at eight and nine. I nailed another one, got another eight and nine record. I just think new head coach Kirk Cousins is still a quarterback. That's all I really need to say. You might win games with him throwing 350 yards, and you might lose the next game with him throwing 350 interceptions. I don't know. It's It all is dependent on Kirk Cousins. I'm going to say this a few more times throughout the podcast on different quarterbacks, but this is another team where it's all going to come down to how Kirk Cousins is, his consistency, and how much he produces. Dalvin Cook is a good piece. Justin Jefferson is a good shout in most people's minds for most receiving yards or best wide receiver in the league. But it's still going to depend on Kirk Cousins getting them the ball. Last place. Sorry, everybody, but it's the Chicago Bears. I matched another one, though. 4-13, and 13, baby. I just think that Justin Fields lost Allen Robinson, one of his go-to targets. He's still got Cole Komet. They traded for Keel Harry. I just don't see this team taking any steps forward. They even lost Khalil Mack on defense. I just don't see this team taking any steps forward. Maybe 4-13 is harsh, but I just don't see them winning a whole lot of games. Hopefully it pays off in the long run. They at least got offered a sick dome by the city of Chicago to try to keep them downtown. But I just, I'm not very high on the Bears. Even in my most optimistic outlook, I don't see them winning many more than six games this year. Next, we're going to go to the NFC South. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are first both eyes here. Um, USA Today had them at 13-4. and four. I had them at 14-3. and three. Basically the same thing, right? Um, holy offense. 
this team, adding Julio Jones, Russell Gage. Oh, man, they really only lost Ronald Jones. They're going to get Chris Godwin back week one, which is shocking seeing his ACL tear was so late last season. Um, then they added, sorry, Bears fans, to literally go from bashing your record to now we're talking about Akeem Hicks is added to the defense in Tampa Bay. But goodness me. They only really lost Rob Gronkowski and Ronald Jones on offense, and they replaced that with Russell Gage, who was one of the only notable wide receivers from Atlanta last season, and Julio Jones, who is Julio Jones. So Tom Brady has loaded up talent. Um, the Buccaneers are going to have offense on offense on offense all season, so they're just going to be in games just because the offense, never mind the defense this season. Next, we have the New Orleans Saints, who USA Today had at 9-8, and eight, and I have at 12-5. and five. I think that the window is in there between 9 and 12 wins. I Again, Jameis Winston, to me, is going to do the same for the Saints as Zach Wilson does for the Jets, Kirk Cousins does it for the Vikings. It's all dependent on how Jameis Winston does. I guess I might be jumping to conclusions. He might not have officially signed yet, now that I'm thinking about it. I feel like he did. I'm going to assume he did. If he hasn't yet, I'm assuming he's going to. Anyways, I'm assuming Jameis, he's going to have to do the same thing like I said Zach Wilson does for the Jets. He's going to carry this team. Tyron Matthew getting added to the defense. Um, Yeah, the Saints team is going to be pretty decent too, but I don't. they just don't have any areas besides like Alvin Kamara um, at the backfield, who's a guess looking at a suspension possibly for the beginning of the season. I think they're bracing for four to six games without him to start the year. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas as ever. Um, but, yeah, adding Tyron Matthew to the defense will definitely help. Um, yeah, I don't see the Saints doing anything crazy or challenging the Bucks or anything like that for the division crown. But I could see them being like a sneaky wild card team. But they probably won't go deep in the playoffs either. Sorry, I just keep going back and forth on everything I'm saying. But that's just what I'm thinking out loud, okay? Next we have... At least USA Today has the Carolina Panthers at 7-10, and 10, which I am laughing at. I had them at 1-16, which is probably an exaggeration. But you're talking Baker Mayfield at quarterback, Sam Darnold to back him up, and Matt Corral as the third string, throwing to DJ Moore and basically praying for every other receiver. That's about all I need to say. Ever since this team lost Luke Keekley, they've never really been the same. Um... Christian McCaffrey's coming back. I guess that's a good thing, but he's been so injury-prone these last few years that I'm not sure he's going to be there the whole season. I would... I would... uh, Let's think of a good bet. If Christian McCaffrey plays all 17 games this season, um, I can't even think, man. I guess I'll buy his T-shirt. I don't know. But I just... I don't see him playing a full... I think it's been at least four years since he's played a full season, and now they added an extra game, so I don't see it. But... If he's there, he adds, you know, completely different X factor for the Panthers on offense. He's definitely just not going to be there all season, though. So I'm saying seven and ten is a joke, but one and sixteen is probably exaggerating. I'd say they probably win four to six games this season. The Panthers do. Uh, last place we have the Atlanta Falcons at two and fifteen. I had a five and twelve. It's just one big yike for me. They're going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota at quarterback. They lost Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley suspended, and we're just talking offense right now. Um, yeah, I don't see them producing many points. I think they're going to be one of the lowest points-producing teams. But honestly, 
I'm thinking about how I filled the projection out. I think they're going to kind of be like the Raiders in where they play some games closer than they should in on paper and probably win a couple of them that they shouldn't on paper. But I don't see them like blowing people out and shocking everybody week in and week out or getting blown out of the building every single week either. Maybe a couple of times like when they play Tampa Bay, I could see them definitely losing those games by 20 points. Now we're going to go to the NFC East. Um, I nailed another one right off the bat, but I had them in second place on tiebreakers. The Philadelphia Eagles are the USA Today's choice for first place at 11-6. and six. I had them at 11-6, and six, um, only behind the Cowboys, also at 11-6. and six. Spoiler alert for my projections. Um, I think Jalen Hurts' development is going to decide how this team pans out. They added A.J. Brown through a trade with the Tennessee Titans in the offseason. Um, Jason Kelsey, the center, has come back for another season, and I'm sure there's something else that I'm blanking on right now. I will. I have another NFL season preview that I have typed out notes for. I'm going to go over everybody's key addition and loss and all that kind of stuff. I'm just off the top of my head blanking, and I don't want to pause in the middle of this to go search it. So I'm just going off the top of my head here. Sorry, but uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to decide how this team plays. They obviously were in close most of their games last season um yeah just depends how the offense plays out you know the defense will at least keep them within the shouts of you know within a touchdown or so 10 points at worst i would say they're going to be 14 points away i don't think they're ever going to get blown out of the water by anybody next i have the dallas cowboys or i should say both of us the usa today staff had them at 10 and 7 i had them 11 and 6 in first place they have them 10 and 7 in second place but I'm looking at it now. They lost a lot on the offensive line, so Dak's going to have to be extremely mobile this season to keep plays alive and hit his targets. I'm actually going to scroll now because I have to. The three key losses that I have for the Dallas Cowboys are Amari Cooper, who left for the Browns, Lyle Collins, who left for the Bengals, and Randy Gregory, who left for the Broncos on defense. So, I mean, you're talking some of your... One of your best offensive linemen's gone. One of your best receivers is gone. And one of your best defensemen defenders holy cow if i could speak english is gone so micah parsons is gonna have to step up on defense and cd lamb on offense to make up for that production and someone on the offensive line is gonna have to step up to replace lyle collins which is no easy task because he's a pro bowler all all pro anything he's been one of the best offensive linemen since he came into the league good luck replacing that just out of nowhere but i still see him winning a fair few games now that i'm kind of thinking about it 11 and 6 might be the top the best they're going to get i think they're more most likely going to be like a 9 10 win team 9 to 11 definitely is where it's at for the dallas cowboys next i mashed another one at 7 and 10 we have the washington commanders carson wentz and chase young are back baby they're going to juice this team up and save the day from not winning just like two games i think that chase young coming back healthy from an acl tear as long as he stays healthy, is going to change the defense a little bit. Carson Wentz, as long as Carson Wentz can be average to above average, I think this team could actually surprise just because they never really got blown out last season and they kept most of the team intact. Tacked. Holy cow. But anyways, they kept most of the team intact. They have, have Chase Young coming back. Carson Wentz added his quarterback. As long as he plays average to above average, they're staying in most games. Capitalize on mistakes and win. A lot better than having Taylor Heineke be your go-to guy. 
I think, personally. Not as consistent, probably, but, you know, you know where I'm getting at. He was at least considered for an MVP at one point in his career before he went down with an ACL tear at Carson Wentz. So as long as he plays average to above average, it's an improvement in my eyes. Last place, we had the New York Football Giants. USA Today at 5-12, and 12, me at 1-16. and 16. I just want to know where the talent is that's going to win five games. If you're a betting person, their over-under on wins is 7 or 7.5, depending on which sports book. I have no idea where the talent is that they see five to seven wins in this team. Daniel Jones is still the quarterback, and they lost Jabril Peppers on defense, one of the better safeties that they've had in recent years. And they don't have anybody else really of note. Evan Ingram, one of the tight ends that was supposed to be a future key part to that team when he was drafted, is now in the Jaguars. Everywhere I look, they just got worse. So I I have no idea where five to seven wins are going to come from. Realistically, I see them winning probably like two to four games this season. Sorry, Giants fans, if there's any listening. Now we're going to go to the MC West. Um, first place, we have the Los Angeles Rams, 12-5 and five from USA Today, 14-3 and three from me. They added Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson, among others, and they still have the possibility to bring back Odell Beckham Jr. on the cheap when he's healthy. And they won the Super Bowl last year. So, like, where do we see a weakness on this team besides maybe age? They lost Andrew Whitworth as a guard on the offensive line due to retirement. But, I mean, it's the Rams, and they don't have a salary cap like the rest of the league does. So I'm sure they can just buy someone else that's on, like, you know, Zach Martin off the Cowboys and plug him in. It'd be fine. Taylor Luan be another one. David Bakhtiari from the Packers. You know, just get whoever the best offensive lineman in the league is and just sign him to a $50 million contract, and they can handle it. They have no cap. So next we have the San Francisco 49ers. USA Today at 10-7, and 7, me at 13-4. and 4. This is me and USA Today, quite frankly, hopping on the Trey Lance hype train and assuming that Jimmy G is gone. I think Trey Lance is the perfect quarterback for um, Kyle Shanahan to run that offense in with, but... He's also so young and so green to the NFL where he only played, what, two, three games last regular season? Jimmy G started and played the rest. Um, I think if he's got the playbook down and he can read defenses just decently, he's got the makings of being a perfect Kyle Shanahan quarterback. I'm buying into the hype train. Obviously, having him win in 13 games, USA Today having him win in 10. I think it'll be somewhere in that range. Somewhere between 9 and 13 is probably where they'll be. It literally all just depends on Trey Lance, though, in my opinion. Um, That's one team that I'm most intrigued to watch personally, just kind of to see if Jimmy G stays, if the offense is played any different, or if Trey Lance comes in and takes the starting job, how the offense is played out that way. But yeah, I'm really intrigued by the 49ers. I can't wait to see how they go about this season. Next, USA Today has the Arizona Cardinals at 7-10, and 10, and I have the win-loss flipped at 10-7. and 7. I think that new contract with the clause for Kyler Murray to have to study film is going to be key for him to, I don't want to say produce at a higher level because it's not like he's not producing at a level he should, but I think he's going to, if he takes it seriously, which he's supposed you know, it, his rule, if you haven't seen, is he has to have four hours of film study a week, not while on his phone or playing video games. He has to actually be watching it. So I think if he's paying attention and that's actually how seriously of a problem it was for 
film for Kyler in his seasons leading up to this. If he takes it seriously and does that, reading the defense could come a lot easier. They lost Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds on offense and um, Chandler Jones on defense. But I think if the offense gets that much better, if they really think that he can produce that much more with that much study time, I, I think this team could be dangerous. They probably could flip with the 49ers for me. But it all depends on how much the additional film study actually has an effect on Kyler. Because uh, the only other addition they really truly had, eye-opening anyways, was that of Marquise Hollywood-Brown from the Ravens. So that's another team I'm intrigued to watch. The NFC West for me and the AFC West are the two divisions that are going to be crazy this season. Um, but yeah, 49ers, Cardinals, and all of the AFC West is going to be exciting this season. Last place in the NFC West, USA Today says they're 5-12. and I say they're 6-11. and I have the Seattle Seahawks. Basically just because we don't know who's going to play quarterback between Geno Smith and Drew Locke or defense because they only really have Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams at safety, both of them, mind you. And, um, yeah, they just don't have a lot of uh, good look, the Seahawks. They added Shelby Harvey, Hardy, Shelby Hardy, and Shelby Hardy? No, Shelby Harris, isn't it? I don't remember. His name's Shelby something from the Broncos. Um, in the Russell Wilson trade as a defensive tackle, they lost Carlos Dunlap, the defensive end. They added Noah Fant at tight end. Um, the question marks over DK Metcalf right now still lingering, but it you need a quarterback to throw to him for it to really be of value, <laughs> that problem. So it all depends who's throwing the ball. The Seahawks are said to have had a higher grade on Drew Locke coming out of the draft than the Broncos, who actually took him, did. Um, yeah, it all depends on how the quarterback play comes to the Seahawks and how their win-loss record is going to look at the end of the season. But that's all for the win-loss columns this season as far as projections go between USA Today and myself. I do have my NFL season preview podcast planned as i was mentioning a few times throughout this episode i also have a reaction to espn's top 10 position lists and kind of adding in the madden ratings to that as well in terms of nfl so let me know if you agree or disagree with my win-loss picks if i have division winners right or wrong just let me know what you think um yeah let me know if there's any hot takes you got send them in to me I'll, maybe I'll do a special on that if I get enough responses from you guys. Your hot takes and what you think about this upcoming NFL season. Who's going to be good? Who's going to be bad? You know, that kind of thing. If I completely whiffed on a win-loss or you think someone's overhyped or underrated, let me know. Maybe I'll do a separate one-off episode just on your guys' reactions. But, yeah, just let me know. Give me some stars. Give me some likes. Give me some subscribes. Whatever you got to do, I appreciate any kind of engagement. So thank you in advance. That's all I got this time. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.